Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 97 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is the truth about producing your own tarot deck. And I'm speaking with my friend, Benabel Wen, the author of Holistic Tarot and the Tao of Craft. Hello, Benabel. Hi, Teresa. I am so excited to talk about this topic because I've been watching you creating a deck, and so I am super nosy about this. That's wonderful. I'm super happy to talk about it. Well, I want to know, first of all, what, I mean, what inspired you to create the deck? Um, So we just have an idea. What drove you to do this? I think I've always had it in my head from, you know, from the get-go, you know, that I wanted to create a tarot deck. I just didn't have the confidence. I didn't think I had anything to add to, you know, the tens upon thousands of decks that are already out there. And then when I thought, you know what, I'm just going to create it for myself. It's not for anybody else. That kind of gave me sort of the jump to, to get into it. And then after I finished it, I just thought, you know, this is, I had something to say. and I, I said it. And so I decided to publish it. So can you tell me a bit about the process from going from an idea to actually turning it into a deck? Uh, I think um, this, is, this is my opinion only. I think it depends whether you're a seasoned tarot reader or you're just interested in turning your art into a tarot deck. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I think when you're an experienced tarot reader, I think in your mind you've always – I mean, you probably have a tarot deck in some form constructed in your head. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's just a matter of like manifesting it. So because I am a tarot reader and I read professionally, I've always sort of had, well, I kind of think the fool should look like this, or I think the chariot should look like that. And, and so it just became a matter of hunkering down and getting it down onto paper as an experienced reader. I think if you're not an experienced reader, there's probably a lot more brainstorming going on. Right. And that makes total sense. So I know that you're making a little white book to go with your deck because, you know, all decks come with a little white book. But, of course, I'm assuming that your book, because I know you're an overachiever like I am, it's probably not going to be that little. <laughs> um, yeah. There's two, so there's a little white booklet that's only 80 pages long that comes with every single tarot deck. And then I've also written um, a separate book called The Book of Maps that um, is a companion guidebook, and that's the full thing. That's about 100,000 words at this point, so it's over 420 pages. Wow. And, and what's, your pro- what's your process for like writing a book? Just so you know, people have an idea of what goes behind. Let's just say what's about writing the little white book, not the big book. What's your process there? Um, I took notes. So what, after I, every single, so I did it in order. Um, I, I chose a very specific order to do the cards, you know, basically the standard order, key zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, and all the way up the pips in these suits. And so after I finished a card, I would take notes on the symbolism I put into the card and some of my process and why I chose what I chose for the imagery. And then that eventually became the entries in the guidebook. Got it. So here's a, here's a question I think people need to really consider. How do you find a printer to print your deck? Because we know you're not doing this by hand off your computer. <laughs> There are two ways. One is to ask other um, deck, public, deck uh, creators and see if they're willing to share their um, printing information with you. And the second is to just go at it yourself and go on Alibaba.com. So that's what I did. I went on Alibaba.com and just started my research on the different printing manufacturers there. 
in the meantime, I also asked all of my friends that had decks out there, what printer did you go with? And then, you know, you sort of cross-reference between the two to see which one ultimately you want to go with. But I would recommend, no matter what, to get, um, they call them RFQs or requests for quotes from at least 10 different um, printers because you'll see so much variety and so many different sort of texts and specs that you want to have as much information as possible. That's really good advice, not just going with the first thing you find. Oh, no, definitely do not. Because if I had done that, I wouldn't have found the um, printing manufacturer that I did. You really want to expand your, um, you know, your, your reach. And you get so much more. And also, even if you go with the first one, if you get 10, you can see how they, you can see what becomes a standard, what's not standard, who looks kind of fishy and shady. And, who, you know, what I mean, you can, you can compare and contrast the different printers and get a lot more information about the industry. Do they send you like copies of like the cardstock so you can, because cardstock for me is really important. Do they send you copies of cardstock for you to like feel? Yes. So you have to pay $30 for the shipping and then they ship it to you. It takes pretty much two or three days. Um, and then they send you different types of cardstock. It'll be in separate like little plastic envelopes and labeled. So you know exactly the GSM, which is the, the thickness and also what type of finishes. Is it a linen finish? Is it a, um, with the UV spot finish, and if you ask for different, like, for example, you want gold inlay or you want the gilded edgings, so you, t you give them a list of what you're looking for, and they'll send it to you, send you different samples of all the different card stocks. So I'd ask for 310 GSM, 330 GSM, 350, 400 GSM, and then also gilding, and, and just ask for different options, and then you can choose it once it's physically in your hand. Right on. And what about the box, the box that the deck comes in? They, I'm assuming that the card printers also give you options for that? Yeah, there oh my gosh, there's so many options. So when it comes to the boxes, there's a the clamshell box, and then there's like the magnetic flap, and then there's also the two, I mean, there's just so many options. And also you can completely 100% customize the box as well, where you draw your own text specs or pattern, and then you send it to them. But that's going to probably cost you a little bit more. These standards are like tuck box, um, which what you see in mass, uh, mass production, um, or the ones with the tray, so they're a little bit larger. That's more popular these days. Um, Llewellyn types or, uh, you know, there's also the top and bottom lid, which you see very popular among Hay House. So there's a different options there. And also the little white book, you can get perfect bounds, saddle sticks. There's so many different options that you have to really do your research and know what you want. Yeah, so it's really quite a process. And you mentioned something. So this is, of course, the most important question I think that a lot of people are going to ask. You mentioned about something that's going to cost you a little bit more. So what can you expect in terms of costs? Um, so this is going to depend a lot on the printer. That's why I think it's so important to find the right printer. If you find a printer that's already pretty experienced in, for example, making gold gilded edging, it's interesting. They don't necessarily charge, you know what I'm saying? Like they won't charge you the extra in a manner of speaking for a lot of customization because it's no longer customized. They already have that as part of their standard package offerings. So it's really important to talk to the printer to see what their standard packages are. So for example, I wanted gold gilded edging which is kind of pretty normal these days, right? Uh -huh. But some of the cheaper printers that I talked to in the beginning, they considered that really customized. And so they were going to charge me extra for the gold gilded edging. But if you talk to certain printers, you have a lot of customers who ask for that, and they're just really experienced at it by this point, they can give you that, and they don't really charge that much overhead for that because they don't have to you know, do any extra tech work on, on their end. Got it. So, you know... 
of course, now if you're paying for the deck yourself, you know, that's going to come out of your pocket. Uh, so you have to raise capital. And I think a lot of people go with this Kickstarter or, you know, other crowdfunding campaigns. Is that what you're going to do for your deck or are you just funding it yourself? Uh, no, I bootstrapped it myself. I thought about going Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but the more research I did, I just didn't think it was a smart way for me to go because the percentage that the um, the website takes is so much that it, it just really wasn't worth it for me. It just made more sense for me to just pay out of pocket. Yeah, see, that's the way I would operate too. I like to keep as here's where I get really like a Ferengi. I like to keep as much of the profit for myself as possible. Yeah, and not only that, but it's so much more. It's more work, in, and not necessarily in a way that's invested in your actual deck, because you have to do so much marketing, and like basically you're spreading yourself thin. And instead of devoting like you know your concentration into the quality of the deck, you're devoting your concentration into creating like you know marketing materials and some pretty videos and 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 all these cool little like you know gizmos that you have to give out paraphernalia if you if you donate five dollars or ten dollars. Right. And so I think that's spreading myself. That's that's investing my energy and resources in a direction I didn't want. Any any investment of energy I wanted had to go into the quality of the deck. I love it. You think exactly like I do. That's so, so wise. The idea of doing all those little rewards and stuff, you know, it's a really big process. And I think people need to know that if they do go into something like that, that there is a charge and there is a lot of extra legwork. I think a lot of people assume that doing crowdfunding, it's like, oh, look, I'm putting this thing up and a lot of money's coming in and they don't realize the other side of it. So I really love that you clarified that. And what's interesting is now that I'm on the other side where I've you know, I'm, I do production, I, you know, I've experienced creating a tarot deck when, you know, when you see, you know, consumers complain about certain things that deck creators are doing that happen because of Indiegogo or, you know, how they're, yeah. oh, you know, the, 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 the deck creator is lying or, oh, they said it was this. Now it's that. I gen- It's not the deck creator. I, things, shit happens. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and I think with Indiegogo, you're, you, you have to announce everything right, up, right off the bat. And so you, you, you realize, you learn as you're going, and you realize, oh, I actually can't do that. You backtrack. Now everyone thinks you're a liar, but it's just that you're learning while you're going. So I prefer to learn privately and not, yeah. have, it, not have all my you know, mistakes hanging out there before I'm even ready. So I made my mistakes privately, and then when I was ready, went public. I love that too. You know, there's a, a deck that recently was self-published and when they got the book that went with the deck from the printer, it was missing a few pages. And and that's an example of something that can go wrong. So if you have something on, you know, one of these crowdfunding things and you try to explain that, you know, it is a bigger problem. And these people were able to contact people behind the scenes and just let them know, hey, this is what's going on. So I yeah. totally agree. So tell us real quickly what your deck is all about. When is it going to be available? Um, it's going to be available for pre-orders on October 31st, and it's a black and white deck. It's 100% hand illustrated, so that was something that was very important to me. I wanted to sort of go back to basics, and in terms of its point of view, I don't like calling it an esoteric deck, you know, but I think if you had to sort of fit it into one of those cookie-cutter genres that are sort of out there already, I guess that's what it would be, you know what I mean? Um, but it, it really is more hermetic in terms of its its point of view. Yeah, and I've seen the art, and it's incredible, so I think everybody's going to want this. And what's the name of the deck again, Benabel? The Spirit Keeper's Tarot. The Spirit Keeper's Tarot. So people, if you 
uh, are listening, you are certainly going to want to get to Benabel's world, and you're going to want to get a copy of Holistic Tarot and the Tao of Craft, and you're going to want to get this tarot deck. And so, Benabel, where can they find you to get all this good stuff? BenabelWen.com is the best place to find me. That's, you know, my name, uh, one word, dot com. Excellent. I want to thank you for taking time tonight to speak to me um, about the truth behind producing a tarot deck because I think this is something a lot of tarot people are curious about. A lot of us want to have our own deck, so this is really useful information. Thank you so much. Thank you, Teresa. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, a tarot coloring book, and lots of blog posts, astrological forecasts, you know, tons of other good stuff for you guys to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening and have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, take a moment to leave a sweet little review on iTunes because that's going to help more tarot people find their way to tarot bites. And of course, I always finish off by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.